Welcome back to RC Stuff, powered by Hobbywing. Jordan Temkin is here with me. My name is Charlie Sawanka. Jordan, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How about you? Fantastic. Thanks for asking, sir. I want to jump right into this week's topic because it's a topic near and dear to my heart, and I think it's kind of twofold. KV, motor size, as well as current ratings of products and things these days. So I know that you and I have been around this hobby for a various you know amount of time jordan how you've how you've been doing this hobby for how long sir uh since 2013 so what is that six years yep give five or take. years yeah i've been doing rc longer than i care to remember because i'm almost 40 now and i've been doing this since i was like probably eight nine years old something along those lines varying from racing rc cars back in the day to flying planes and most recently like jordan getting elbows deep neck deep into fpv first person view drone racing and one of the trends that i've seen from doing rc cars and drones is the the language of kv the the motor size topics as well as the amp ratings and the, the stuff that go along with all this and how somebody that's new either looking to upgrade something or build a copter for the first time, maybe replace something in their RTR, you know, car, boat, or truck. Um, these are the, the topics that I get to talk to customers about all the time. So I want to maybe share some of that and talk to you about a bunch of those items uh, this evening. So, Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Because I'm, I'm curious. I know how it works with the drones, um, but I have no idea. And I know, I know they denote all of their different markings differently right like you talk about your motors very differently than i talk about my motors yeah yeah the car guy motor tech is is definitely a little bit different because of the different styles of motors mm -hmm. in in drones we have outrunner motors yes. so the inside of the motor is where the windings are the, if you're familiar with how an electric motor works it's coils of wires so the wire is wrapped around a piece of metal this metal is called a stator and in a drone motor uh, that part is stationary and it's the center of the motor and the outside part that spins the can if you will has magnets in it and that that's the, the magic of electronics makes all that spin in an rc car motor it's an in runner motor so the uh, can of the motor still has the stators in it but the magnetic part is in the center of that running down the middle of it and it's the, the coils fire on the outside and the shaft in the center of the motor spins around and that, that's how you get the gears to move so slightly well slightly huge differences in how these motors operate in the number of magnets that are on an outrunner motor versus the number of coils as well as the poles of these magnet setups and all that so it gets very confusing and convoluted at the same time yeah i'm already confused right so the main thing that the customers or that any of us get to look at is the the numbers on the box and that comes down to two basic things the size of the motor and the kv of the motor and the size is kind of easy for most of us to understand because it's how big this thing is and but what those sizes do to the performance and the, the needs of the motor and the vehicle are the tricky part and the kv what the heck is kv i get asked that all the time what what do you think kv is so from my understanding kv is a calculation to help you determine the rpm of a motor at full throttle right 
So it's, a, it's an RPM rating is the simple way to look at it. The RPM per volt is the idea of this. So you take whatever that number is, this KV number, and you multiply that by the voltage of the battery, and that gives you the theoretical RPM of the motor under no load, so to right. speak. Theoretical right. is the key keyword there. Now, in some regards, these, these KV numbers are measured. A manufacturer will take the motor, and they'll run it at a voltage under either no load or a, a very low load, and they'll, they'll say, figure out what the RPM is, divide that by the voltage, and that's the KV of the motor. That, that's the way you should do it. I mean, that's, the, that's the, way, the easiest way to do it, I guess you said. I don't want to say the way you should do it. The way you should do it is probably under the load that the vehicle is putting the, the motor under. So you would try to measure it while it was in operation in the car with the actual operational voltage of the battery. So the, the problem is, is that this KV number will kind of change depending on the load on the motor and how well the battery responds to those loads. So if the battery saps out real hard because the load's on the motor, it kind of makes the KV a little bit lower than if the, motor, the battery could sustain that RPM and voltage at the same time and not sap out. So the... It's real confusing because you're going to, most of the time you think in your head you're going to take a faster motor and you're just going to put it in and it's going to go faster. But there's all these other things that have to happen when you go along those routes. Like drones, for example, the voltage uh, comes into play, right? You go from mm -hmm. a 4S build, a uh, 4-cell battery to a 6-cell battery. So you're adding, what is that, 50% voltage? In the beginning... Uh, give or take. Yeah, in the beginning people would just put the 6S battery in, and then electronics would melt and nobody would be happy. And they quickly learned that they had to run lower RPM motors to make all that work correctly because the RPMs well, get so yeah, high. You, you can't go so high that you're trying to go past Mach. Right. RPMs get so high there becomes mechanical losses. The, the bearings in the motors can only go so fast, and then the firing sequence, if you will, of the speed control can only go so fast. The electrons can only theoretically move so fast between things. So that being said, this is why all this stuff is, I think, very confusing. And I don't think we've done anything to clarify what any of this stuff means or how to use it. So don't worry. Bear with us, folks. We'll get there. Um, so the, the, the size of the motor, the KV of the motor, are the two main topics here. And the, 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 the numbers that are on the motor are usually the sizes. In a drone motor, uh, 2306, for example, the motor is a 23-millimeter diameter by an 06 length, or what would you would call the a height, height in a drone right. motor, right? And oh, it's a, a length in a car because it's on right, its side, huh? Right. So in a car motor, we have similar numbers. We have a 3652 motor, for example. 36 millimeters is the diameter. 52 millimeters is the length of that motor, or what would be the height if it were a drone motor by, by some fantasy. Um, so the, the main thing that a larger motor is going to be able to create more power overall, and in that regard, they are generally larger motors are going to be suited for higher voltage. So if you want to take your either your drone or your RC car or your boat or whatever, and you want to up the voltage, you're going to need to kind of do two things. Put a larger motor in as well as a lower KV motor at the same time so that it can sustain you know all of this new stuff at the same time. Um, so in 
an example of let's say you got a 4x4 Traxxas Slash. That's a super popular and common RC car. It comes with a RTR brushless system in it and a lot of people want to upgrade the power system in it. The stock Traxxas Electronics have a um, normal 540 size motor which is a 3652 size motor. Wait, wait, pause. Yes. What Five, is 540? 540 size motor. So in the industrial world of motors, they have uh, 540, 550, 770, 750, all these various, you know, 380, 360 size motors and their aspect ratios, much, much like the, the like four-digit system, right? Uh, so I'm not super up on what the numbers actually stood for, but it's a dimension. The 540 was 5x40, the 550s were 5x50s. So they're kind of standardized right. now, so when you say 540 motor, all the 540 motors Well, work. the problem no. is, is that the 540 and the 7s and all that carryover didn't really apply to RC cars directly because RC cars started making their own motors that, mm. technically speaking, weren't the same size as these industri industrial standard size motors. So the, the loose terminology kind of came around. And when brushless motors came along, that, that screwed everything up. So this new sizing situation started to happen. So do RC car motors have two different sizes? Like, do you have like 3042, a.k.a. Sort of, sort ratio? of. So there, there's two, well, so a 540 size motor is what we would call a normal 10th scale classic motor that they've raced since the 80s that that size mm -hmm. motor the little mm -hmm. one if you will that's palm sized um that that doesn't sound very little to me well for rc cars it is <laughs> <laughs> and uh to the the today's vehicles the 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 new lipo brushless four-wheel drive like short course style trucks the the desert racer truck trucks and buggies and things like that they use a, a larger 550 size motor but it's not really a 550 size motor in the industrial standards it's just a very long 540 size motor so to break it down for you there's mm. two or three sizes of brushless motors that fo probably fall under the category of a 540 size motor they're all about a 36 millimeter diameter and they'll vary from a 50 to a 52 to 53 millimeter length depending on who makes them um, and now, in the last few years, since this 4x4 short course became very popular, the longer 550 motors have become more popular, and those are a 3660 size motor. So they're 8 millimeters longer than a normal 540 motor, but they're the same diameter. In industrial motors, a 540 and a 550, you look, if you held the two of them side by side, the 550 is a larger diameter. That's not the case with these brushless motors. They're the same diameter, one's just longer. This is all very, very confusing. I'm sorry. So, so do new motors nowadays, have they ditched the 540 and that kind of denotation so, sort and moved of, yeah. on to the millimeter? Because there's still some cars that use brush motors, they still refer to them in those sizes. The, okay, just so that the, the, you know it's compatible. Right. So I guess. I mean, the brushless motors don't make any reference to that in, in very many cases. So that's why I think the, the mega confusion comes in. Because if you were to take the sized comparison of a 540 sized brush, or let's say, for example, a 550 sized brush motor that's common in a lot of these basher vehicles that are out there and rock crawlers that guys are upgrading, um, 
that dimension is larger than the brushless motor that you're going to put in. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, you know, putting this smaller motor into my vehicle, but because it's brushless and all that stuff, it, it you got to trust right. the tech, so to speak. And it, and it ends up being more powerful. Right. Also, because it's brushless. Man, this is, I don't know if you're, we're clearing things up or just adding to the confusion here. I, I mean, I, maybe this is just a case for, I feel your pain, everybody, on why it's so confusing to pick a right. motor. But in, right. in the end, it, it comes well, down at least, to, I can, so at I least can break now, it down real simple. The way that I break it down for the customers is real easy, but okay, you're not learning that. anything that way. So the, Well, the, let's hear the quickie, the, the quickie. Just, just, just to hear. I'm so curious. Using this... Uh, this 4x4 short course scenario, and if you guys aren't familiar with 4x4 short course, this is a 10th scale four-wheel drive vehicle that is commonly raced on a two-cell LiPo, so 7.4 volts. And a lot of people have them as bashers that they try to run on three-cell. And most everybody, if you run a two-cell or a three-cell, what's the next best thing? Four-cell. You want to, you want yeah. definitely want to put that in, right? More. Right. Makes per. I mean, I. Of course. Why wouldn't you? So you can't really jump to four cell in this platform. So that's where the trickiness comes in all this. But anyway, so you get this four by four short course vehicle. You've run it or you're building it for the first time and you want to put a hobby wing system in there and they call up and they ask, what system should I use? Straight, simple answer. We make two basic core systems, one for hardcore racing and then one for less serious usage, bashing, non-racing atmosphere. The Max 10 SCT is our sensorless non-racing system. It's available with a 3660 size motor. If you're going to use it for two-cell usage, you can use 4,000 kV or higher. We have several in that range. And if you're going to use it for three-cell usage, you're going to use 4,000 kV and lower. Um, if you're using it all the time on three-cell, then a little on the low end of that lower than 4,000 kV range is going to be a better choice. That's the and quick and easy. And you guys have gears also, right? Right. So the RPM of your motor and the gear ratio of your gears and the size of your tires then end up being your final RPM. Well, the, the, it becomes the final load on the motor that determines your uh -huh. final RPM, I guess, is the best way to say. But yes, correct. Right. Oh, man. So this is a lot more to think. Because with at least with FPV... It's like KV plus voltage equals whatever your RPM is going to be done. Right. Wow. Yeah, you guys have it have it a little tougher, eh? Well, I, th I, I think the nice thing is is that it's been around for so long. There's a huge right. knowledge pool right. on right. You know, monkey see, monkey do tuning where you just do mm -hmm. what they say. And that's why we get that question, which system do I buy and what pinion gear do I put on it type of thing. So that happens all the time. Cool. So... Back to the uh, the ratio stuff. When you want to match a motor, you could generally then just Google it and go, hey, I want uh, a replacement brushless motor for my, what was what was the common size you were saying? 540? Right. For what, well, so you can go, I have a 540 motor and I want to replace it with a brushless upgrade. And there's generally information online. I mean, it's there's yes, there is information, but it's it's not anything that it just slaps you in the face and breaks it down in simple terms. I don't think, right, and that's, right. that's the problem. It's a lot of these. I mean, we've been talking for ten minutes about this, and I'm, I, I 
I don't think that I've clarified much of this to you. Have I? No, if right. anything, yeah. I think I'm I'm actually well. Okay, I'm more, both more lost, but I'm also now at least I understand where the 540 and stuff comes from because that was always my problem. Early on in the FPV world, we didn't have drone motors. So all the motors were denoted the magical combination of numbers. Right. The the what seemed to me random ways. What still seemed to me random ways. Um but at least like now I understand that it's from a time past when they're using completely different motors and they've kind of just adopted that similar naming scheme because that's just what they've been called for the past thirty years. So to change the standard of naming can yeah. be difficult, right? Well, is I, that is that the gist of it? Sh- yes, and we still use in RC cars those old style motors. Right, so, you guys do still use right. brush motors. And why is that? Uh, brushed motors are very ch- uh, affordable and easy okay. to make a speed control for. A brushed motor speed control is significantly less complicated, lower cost, and right. you know, for most people. Price point is a big deal for a hobby. Absolutely. So of if you can, I think that's why Tiny Whoops, uh, the the microcopters, the small size, sixteen scale, eighteen scale, ready to run vehicles are so popular because it's just a couple hundred bucks. And most grandparents, aunts, uncles, if they got a nephew or a niece that they want to buy something awesome for, they'll get them a couple hundred dollar RC car that's not from the toy store. So. Right, and and it doesn't take as much room. Which, when I was living in my apartment, was a big deal, because you, I, you know, ten scales—that's a big car. Yep. So you know, you gotta have room to put it. You gotta have room to build and work on it and store it and all that. Agreed. No, there's uh, th- we've talked about this on previous episodes. All the gear that goes along with. Yeah, this we do. We actually do have a whole episode about the, that, the checked we? bag, so we could. We could, uh, if you guys are interested, you can go back. That would be episode three and oh, four. Look at the stat master. Yeah, I I may or may not have had the folder right here. You're so fancy. Um, but yeah, uh, so this this motor size and KV topic, we mm-hmm. we touched a little bit on how to pick an upgrade. The we talked about the Max Ten SCT system, the thirty six sixty size motor being real popular for four by four short course bashers um the one thing that i forgot to finish my thought was the racing system that we offer for that is the xr8 sct again with the 3660 size motor and various kvs and what the difference is is it's a sensor-based system so there's more feel if you will more Mm -hmm. low speed control RPM changes under load are going to be a little more precise. The braking is going to be a little bit better. And the speed control has more options for tuning. You get into different track conditions, racing, and all that. And some of these drivers, like anything, you get real particular about how you like something to drive. And the additional tuning can be helpful for the hardcore racers, if you will. So that's, again, XR at SCT. That's SCT stands for short course truck. That's where and, it's so And that's clever. just the benefit of higher tech motors as well as speed controllers and just all that software and hardware technology allows for just that little bit extra i'm going further and further into the future right it's it's just getting better and better every year yeah no i think the 
the tech that's coming along as far as this we got reverse voltage protection now something i've dreamed about dreamt about since i was a little kid I, you, you know we couldn't have to worry about plugging your batteries in one way or the other right and since, i i experienced that when i i visited <laughs> a friend who was a rc car guy bullet plugs yeah, he has bullet oh, plugs, God. and he and I was like, "How do you not?" Because so we have XD60s that only plug in one way, and like for the you most have, part, if, right? I you mean, have to you have to ham hand it gorilla style well, to just jam it in there the wrong well, way. Where with the bullet connectors, it's the same bullet connector, and how I remember him doing it was he just one of the wires was shorter, so it couldn't quite reach the other side. Supposedly. And that's that was his uh, voltage re- reverse protection, right? And it, it seemed very, very. Uh, so the uh, the not, battery pack sits sketchy. in the car, and it's got two tubes in it, basically. One mm-hmm. side's positive, one side's negative, and most of the racers, they try to always get a battery that always has, say, the positive on the left. Right. Some of the battery packs, the tube goes all the way through. So you can put the battery in upside down or right side up. Uh, that's smart. And that, you know, that way you could use it in different configurations, front to back and all that. But that also means that that positive and negative switch sides. So right. racers would put it in upside down, plug it in, boom, goes the dynamite. Or you borrow a buddy's battery. That's the one, yeah, that was, that's very common. Okay. So now with reverse polarization... Or reverse voltage protection, you don't have to worry about it. Does it just a little LED comes on and it goes, "Hey, you screwed up." Nothing happens. Oh, that just doesn't. Not, it doesn't work. I, it's crazy. I I got an email. Our AX system has had that for a while, and mm-hmm. I got an email that says, "Hey, you got to do the reverse voltage thing and, and make sure we make a video of that." I'm like, "Oh man, seems like a bad idea." So I turned, right, you're I, scared. I you know it's gonna work. Right. Oh, I, uh-huh. I had never done it, so I wasn't actually right. sure. So I turned the camera on, make sure that I got all this, and I did it with alligator clips because that's safe. Because even if something blows up, the alligator clip doesn't really carry enough current. And if you know mm-hmm. anything goes wrong, you just pull on it type of deal. And right, it, right. nothing happened. I was like, all right, plugged it back in the right way, and it worked. I was like, pretty cool. I got a video of that on the Charlie Show also, in case you were wondering. That was, I watched a video of someone putting his car into park while he was driving you know very similar and i believe the car had a protection against it and it went into park but it just kind of was in neutral and just kept rolling right and so it you know it works but you know you shouldn't do it and that's why it's scary yeah i I mean i still have that speed control working to this day in fact and it was Plugged in reverse twice because I had to shoot the video a second time because the first one didn't come out very good. <laughs> like the angle was all bad. Well, I'm glad it's still working. Me too. Cool. I think I think that brings us, unless there's more about uh, motor and motor sizes that you want to talk about. Uh, I did talk about one, one quick topic was the, the voltage in the amps. I get those right. questions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear it. I get that question all the time. I got... This battery, it's rated as these many amps. Let's, for the sake of argument, we'll say my battery's rated at 80 amps. And uh-huh. I got a 60 amp speed control. Uh-huh. And I want to know how many amps my motor's going to draw. You know, how, what, what's the max current that my motor can draw? Uh-huh. So that they, you know, they have enough. That, make, right. that makes right. sense. Absolutely. You'd, you'd no, know I that. agree. Unfortunately, that information is almost impossible for us to spec correctly or 
um, have, right, have it's load dependent, right? Very much and connection dependent. Like you could take that same motor and put it in a race car and put it under load, so to speak, with a good racing speed control, a good battery pack, and the max current that that motor, that same exact motor is going to be able to pull because the motor pulls the current, if you will, is going to be significantly higher than it is with the sport speed control, sport connection, sport battery pack, and all these other topics. And that has nothing to do with the motor itself. That's all of the factors adding together to determine right, right, what right, the max right. drain is. So it's a very misleading area of the hobby. The, the speed controls have amp ratings on them. The battery packs have amp ratings on them. Even some of the plugs that we use have amp ratings on them. But a lot of the times, the motors don't. And I, I think that that's because it's very misleading for manufacturers to put a lot of these specs together because it comes, uh, what I, I've right. jokingly called the spec wars, where whose specs are the best is going to get the sale. And that can be a real tricky way for, for folks to try to shop. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up because a lot of times these specs are based off of the manufacture of the components parts. And the, all of us as manufacturers of electronics, we don't make the actual parts that we make these electronics out of you buy those from huge manufacturers mm -hmm. and those are the specifications that a lot of these ratings are based off of and in the car industry that's very true because some of these things are rated at 200 amps with surge ratings of thousands of amps the wires would vaporize if you pass that much current through them they would come immediately off kept, you know they, they wouldn't even be there anymore so these these numbers are ridiculous in some regards unfortunately so the the specifications in these amps can be very kind of misleading and it can lead to some other issues related to the voltage drop and speed controls doing funny things so i think one of the the the, the more tricky things to understand is that these specs kind of almost don't mean something but they mean something at the same time i think that inside of one manufacturer's brand and one manufacturer's line of products so to speak you could use that to see obviously which one's going to be more suitable or better if you will for what you're trying to do and i mean it's the same thing as using the price point but it gives us rc nerds you know something more fun to to look at and compare in the I guess the upgrading situation, if you're looking at your stock electronics and they're rated at uh, 80 or 100 amps and you go to the upgraded manufacturer and their specifications show more amps than that, you're going to automatically think that that's better. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, that, that's probably usually the case. Um, but comparing different brands' specifications can be tricky because there's no like certifications or places that this stuff gets sent to to be um, officially recognized as these amp ratings or these specs or anything like that. And the, the, the same is true for the on resistance. A lot of times those are just calculations because these, these specifications are lower than a solder joint in some situations. So that, that can be a, a tricky one to swallow or, or wrap your head around, I guess. And, uh, you know, a big part about that I caught the last bit is, you know, all the the different manufacturers also test differently. Right. Right. They all have different machines. And that's if they test. Some manufacturers right, aren't true. manufacturers. They're rebadgers. And some of them are manufacturers. But how they test is a big deal. So, so you have to just kind of listen to the people around you. Maybe the guys at your local race, you go, hey, did this work out for you? Yes, it did. I like those components. And then you can go think about buying them yourself. 
Yeah, it's that's I think one of the trickiest parts of the hobby is the information train and where to get the good info, what to get, and that's why RC nerd friends are so important and events are great to get out to, you know, get involved with your RC community, fun stuff like that. User. So, again, if that stuff's confusing to you folks, don't don't hesitate, please drop us an email rcstuff at hobbywing.com you can ask us direct questions if i if i if i rambled on too long and this was too confusing i'd let us know like I mean, we can cut to the chase move this format around a little for you guys uh, you can send us a normal good old-fashioned email you can do a voice clip with a question if you can do it 10 to 15 seconds we'll try to get you on the show and get get you involved as well my name is charlie Sawanka. i'm alongside jordan the jet tempkin and uh, we would like to thank you guys all for joining us for another fantastic episode of Charlie Rambles On on RC Stuff. <laughs> I think that was, that was mostly a Charlie Rambles On <laughs> episode, wasn't it? That was a hot one, sorry. Well, uh, maybe we'll have one that I ramble next time. It's, it's quite doable. All right, thanks, everybody.